Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, January 11th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Many African Americans were stunned to see a mostly white mob force its way into the nation's Capitol building last week. But many black St. Louisans were not surprised. I expected it because that is the narrative of America. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson and Chad Davis speak with black St. Louisans about how the nation's tolerance for white violence contrasts with the aggressive policing of protesters for black lives. A homeless encampment along Interstate 44 near downtown St. Louis will be dismantled today. There are about 20 tents near the McGuire Moving and Storage Building. City property records show the structure is owned by developer Paul McKee's North Side Regeneration, along with more than one dozen adjacent parcels. McKee acquired the Bottle District site in 2012 with plans for a multi-million dollar mixed-use project. A notice to vacate is on the side of the McGuire Building informing encampment residents to leave the private property. McKee and Northside Regeneration representatives could not be reached for comment yesterday. St. Charles County rejected early ballots from November's election at twice the rate of Missouri's statewide average. St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake has more. St. Charles County had one of the highest rates of uncounted ballots in Missouri. In total, more than 1,000 absentee and mail-in ballots were thrown out in the state's second largest county. Neighboring St. Louis County had one of the state's lowest rejection rates. Election officials there focused on alerting voters if their ballots had issues, like missing signatures. Kurt Barr is St. Charles County's elections director. He says his office didn't have time to contact voters. In this election, with the you know overwhelming number of absentee voters in person, as well as by mail, we simply didn't have the extra manning to be able to do that. Barr says the responsibility to cast a correct ballot lies with the voter, not the election authority. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio. Michael Madigan is struggling to retain his title as Illinois House Speaker. His fellow Democrats held a closed-door vote last night to decide who the next speaker should be starting Wednesday. Madigan, who has been in that position almost consistently since 1983, fell nine votes short of what he needed for re-election. State Representative Kelly Cassidy of Chicago says she's not sure the right person is in the speaker race yet. I am looking for a much more collaborative, much more engaged with all of the members, much more communicative, much more small-D democracy, and one that can help us restore our constituents' faith in our government. Some Democrats say they will not vote for Madigan because of a recent corruption investigation that ensnared some of his close advisors. Madigan has denied any wrongdoing. More votes about the House Speaker race in Illinois are expected today. The Missouri Department of Conservation is reporting a huge increase in the usage of the state's parks and recreation areas. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports it's mostly due to the pandemic's restrictions, which are essentially encouraging people to spend more time outdoors. Hunting and fishing permit sales were up by 51,000 in 2020, and conservation staff report full parking lots that are normally empty. Joe Jarek is a spokesperson for the department. He says the cancellation of so many other recreational options because of the coronavirus attracted people to the outdoors. Nature is a balm. 
when we've been so frustrated and challenged, getting outside has some really great benefits. And we've seen that by increased numbers of people at our conservation areas and some other factors. Jarek says the increases are due to Missouri residents getting outdoors as travel restrictions led to a decrease in out-of-state visitors. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Black St. Louisans are appalled by the mostly white mob that forced its way into the U.S. Capitol building last week. They noticed officers did not aggressively counter white rioters and the contrast with the police treatment of black people at demonstrations last summer. As St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports, black St. Louisans say the chaos in Washington, D.C. points to the country's history of tolerating white violence and the need to eliminate unequal treatment. As the Reverend Tracy Blackman reflected on the riot in Washington, she remembered how police treated her during protests in Ferguson and in Charlottesville, Virginia. Among the most painful of her memories is what happened to her in the U.S. Capitol. I was arrested for praying. (laughs) I wasn't climbing buildings. I wasn't breaking windows. Uh, I was praying out loud. Um, in the rotunda. Blackman is senior pastor of Christ the King United Church of Christ in Florissant. Like many people across the nation, she was struck but not surprised how Capitol Police carefully handled white insurrectionists and how different that is from how police treated black protesters during last summer's demonstrations. I expected it because that is the narrative of America. The nation has a long history of criminalizing the black fight for justice and tolerating white violence. Many of the Trump supporters in Washington were not arrested or harmed by police for invading the Capitol. Jeff Ward is a professor of African and African-American studies at Washington University in St. Louis. He says historically black bodies have not been equally protected under the law because white nationalism and policing have always been intertwined. Racist policing manifests as police engaged in things like violence and over-policing of people of color, violence towards and over-policing and so forth, sometimes by law enforcement figures and other legal authorities who are, you know, avowed white supremacists. Ward says police often encourage white supremacy and extremism by looking the other way. Police have played a key role here, not only through their acts, but often, and I would argue even more often, through their inaction. Ward says law enforcement has a history of over-policing black and brown people. He says police often act with a sense of impunity because they are part of a system that does not hold them accountable for their actions. 46-year-old St. Louis County resident Tammy Jones says she was initially shocked by the images and videos of the rioters. She says her family has suffered from that kind of unchecked white extremism. My grandfather's house was burned down by the KKK and nothing happened. Nobody was prosecuted um, because my grandfather was the leader of the NAACP in his small town in Mississippi. Black St. Louisans pointed out that the Capitol Police appeared unprepared for the mob and let the crowd rush through the Capitol. 63-year-old St. Louis County resident Mildred Kleins says protesters in Ferguson always felt the threat of being tear gassed, pushed, or shot at by police. Kleins was arrested in Ferguson in 2014 for far less than what rioters did at the Capitol last week. I got arrested for, you know, asking a question. That's something I'll never understand. And I said, well, can I just ask you a question? If you don't move right now, I'm going to arrest you. I said, for asking a question? 
He says, that's it. Put your hands behind your back. Some St. Louisans believe the only way for the nation to continue to heal from its long history of racism is for institutions and people to denounce white supremacy. John Bowman is president of the St. Louis County chapter of NAACP. He says the road to equality is a lifetime of work and the nation's leaders must help lead the way. Lady Ashley Gregory is forward through Ferguson's Director of Community Partnerships. She says President-elect Joe Biden should bring in working groups of everyday people to make the country equitable. I truly believe that a system that is flawed cannot be fixed with one person. Um, So we need to be listening to people from all walks of life um, who have lived through all sorts of struggle um, and who can really say, like, this is what we need to do. As the nation pursues equality, some St. Louisans hope the new presidential administration will start holding institutions and systems accountable for injustice toward African Americans. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis contributed to this report. David Casares was the editor. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.